Hi, podcast listeners. This is Danielle. And this is Gala. And this is Music and Mindset, a podcast series promoting mental health in the categories of mind, body, and spirit. Today's episode is Building Your Sacred Space and focuses on wellness for your mind and spirit. COVID, we all have had the chance to reevaluate our homes and living spaces to become multifunctional spaces where we can work, live, exercise, and socialize, all from the comfort of our own home. You probably have designated spaces for certain things, places where you only work or only relax, but what about a space that is purely for play and creation? A place where you can feel like a kid again, surrounded by good memories and feelings, untouched by anyone else? This is what we call a sacred space, and we'll share some tips on how to build your own. Julia Cameron describes this creative or sacred space like an artist's altar, where every object, scent, and activity done in the space has a specific purpose for its existence there. She writes, This haven can be a corner of a room, a nook under the stairs, even a window ledge. It is a reminder and acknowledgement of the fact that our creator, whatever that means to you, unfolds our creativity. Fill it with things that make you happy. Remember that your artist is fed by images. We need to unlearn our old notion that spirituality and sensuality don't mix. An artist's altar should be a sensory experience. For us to stay happy and easily creative, we need to become spiritually centered through creative rituals of our own. A spiritual room or even a spiritual corner is an excellent way to do this. Now, Julia has really great points, and one of the most important elements of a sacred space is to remember to keep it sacred. Commit to a space that is only for creativity and healing, and nothing else. The reason is that this is a space that is meant to make you feel safe and offer you protection when you're creating, because you are at your most vulnerable when you create. When you eat, or watch TV in the same place you create, you lose that spiritual magic and even develop creative mental blocks without even realizing it. So wherever or whatever you decide to have in your sacred space, keep it filled with things that bring you joy, hope, and any other good feelings. Over the years, I've created all kinds of sacred spaces, from tiny corners to rooms, homes, and even in my car. I'm constantly surrounding myself with things to serve as that reminder that no matter where I go, I'm always able to share my most authentic, creative self. So if you're not sure where to start, just find any area that you can designate purely for that creation. Remove any clutter or items that do not serve this purpose. Start small and only fill the space with things that truly bring you joy. I like to include things that engage the senses, perhaps with scents, colors, textures, patterns, whatever, you name it. Remember, this is a space that is for creativity, 
vulnerability, and growth. So you might find in a month or two that you may actually outgrow some of those items or objects in your space. That's perfectly natural and actually really good for you. It helps keep those creative juices flowing when you're shifting around your space and helping to fill those needs of that current creativity cycle. Danielle's tips on building a sacred space resonate with me because I just redid my sacred space. After what felt like one of the longest winters, I was feeling crushed by impending compositional deadlines and my workspace wasn't inspiring any creative juices. For any other artists or creators listening, you know that feeling of creative brain fog where every artistic decision feels like grasping at straws and clarity is in short supply. For me, this often manifests as avoidance. I don't even want to sit down at my desk, no less write the piece of music that's due in two weeks. So what did I do to get out of this funk? I changed my state by changing my space. My desk is in a corner of the room, which is perfect because it allows me to be surrounded by three big cork boards that I fill with magazine clippings, photos of friends and family, cheesy inspirational quotes, thank you cards from past students, you name it, that type of media is probably on one of these corkboards. Although I was looking at more motivational quotes than I could count, they had been there for over a year, over a pandemic year, so my surroundings felt as tired as I was. I took an afternoon and read the three magazines that had been piling up on my bedside table, cutting out pictures and captions that caught my eye. I found a pin that I had bought from a podcast that I wanted to support, but never wore, took the closure off the back, and pinned it to my corkboard with the new magazine clippings. A silly sticker of a fish that made me smile made its way to the board right above my keyboard. Every time I'd play in the top octave of the piano, I'd see its stripy little face. Anything I was keeping on those boards, namely thank you notes from students, birthday cards from faraway friends, and a really goofy picture of my husband, I changed their location. Sometimes it's not the item itself that feels worn out, it's the way it blends into the space that it's always known. After a few hours of reading, cutting, sorting, rearranging, and pushpinning, I stood back and looked at my handiwork. It felt fresh, new. It felt like a different phase of me. I'm not going to pretend that changing a few feet of wall space made me write the piece that was due with ease, but it did put my mind in a more playful, lighthearted, joyful place. It made me want to sit down at my desk and compose. Changing my surroundings changed the things that I thought about. Visual cues are important, and positivity can flow from them in a way that eases our formerly burnt-out artist brain. I like to think that Julia Cameron of The Artist's Way would approve of my corkboard altar, my keyboard fish sticker, and the updated sensory experience I've created. If you're interested in learning more, you can check out other resources, including articles, books, guided meditations, original music, and yoga with Danielle in our resources list in the show notes for today's episode. We would like to thank the University of Michigan Depression Center, the Excel Lab, 
and the School of Music, Theater, and Dance Wellness Initiative for their support in making this podcast possible. Join us for our next episode coming out in just a couple of weeks, which will be about combating feelings of isolation. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.